fans welcome back to f yeah f1 i'm ryan silverstein and with my best bud here ian kimball f yeah f1 uh, and we're back talking about the formula one pirelli grand primo del made in italy e delamara romagna 2021 <laughs> race you did such a good job <laughs> uh, i don't speak a word of italian that's not you know parmesan or spaghetti so and, and oh, actually boy. it was long i got like halfway through it and i was like this is still going <laughs> so long it's so long uh but yeah also known as uh amola the amola uh, what a wonderful how, race how you doing tonight ian dude i'm doing so good i'm so good and it was such it's like it was such torture because it was such a long break, which it wasn't until Bahrain. And then they were like, now you get to wait another month mm-hmm. to watch the race, to watch another race. And it was terribly depressing, but Imola happened and it happened with such a bang. Um, great race, man. It was a very exciting race. Uh, we were, we were texting back and forth and I'm pretty sure they should do, they should mandate that at least two of the races have to be wet races uh, a season oh for sure just blast like hoses on the track the entire time like yeah. fire hoses all the way around and it was cool it was actually kind of nice i don't know if i've ever seen a race considering you know only having really been a fan for the last few years i don't know if i've seen a race where it started off wet and then got dry i feel like there was one but it was like it was wet for much longer maybe yeah 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 because this one was like they started on intermediates mm -hmm. and like poor poor uh uh ghastly who started on wets and just went backwards at a certain point yeah Uh, and it's a real shame that they didn't bring him in earlier just to like stop the bleeding you know they really should have i mean they made a big mistake not bringing him er earlier but we will get to all of that and more um So a a thing that we're going to start doing uh, when we have our preview episodes, uh, which next week we're going to have our uh, preview episode for Portugal uh, for the Heineken Grand Premio de Portugal. Nice. Nice. I'm going to, we're going to try to do our best for all of them. Um, (laughs) I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to do a preview episode next week for Portugal. Uh, unfortunately we didn't get to do a preview episode for Imola, but I'm going to have, or Ryan's going to have, or we're going to have five questions to ask each other, uh, for the upcoming race. And so my five questions to you for Imola, which we already know the answers to question one, does Mazepin finish the first lap? And he did this time. He did. He finished the whole thing. He barely made it to qualifying, but he... He still uh, spun in the race. Yep, he did. <laughs> uh, but he finished the race, which is, he, you know, better than uh, three other drivers. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and he, uh, I think, was really proud of that. You know what was funny that I saw? It was the fact that um, uh, 
uh, Mick Schumacher um, got into an accident at the end of pit lane, Mm -hmm. couldn't go down pit lane for a couple of laps because of his accident because pit lane was shut down. And we like the front wing of his car was ripped off, ripped off entirely. Which limits how fast you can go because that yeah. car will just basically just take off like an airplane just, at some yeah. point. It'll fly away. Um, so he couldn't go in. He, they, when they restarted the race, he was 30 seconds behind Mazepin in last place and still managed to catch him, pass him, and finish the race, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like 30 seconds before him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about right. In the same car. So mm-hmm. was it really a victory for Mazepin to actually finish the race? Well, um, I'm just saying the Mazepin standards are very, very low. They're and shockingly so, low. Yeah, the fact that he did finish a race, and it's only his second race in Formula One. Yeah. Like, it's, it's I am impressive. a little... I Right, I am a little like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe... No, he still doesn't belong in that car. He doesn't belong in that car. Not even close. Question number two, which is a fun one to know the answer to, does a midfield car podium? Uh, And the answer is yes. The answer is hell yeah. Because Lando Norris uh, got McLaren on the podium. He sure did. And Uh, it was well-deserved, man. Well-deserved, well-earned. And I really like that before some of the incidents that we'll talk about, he would have gotten that podium anyway. That it wasn't like... Oh, mm-hmm. there was, you know, somebody made a mistake or spun out or had an accident. And like, that's why, like, he would have gotten third place. Uh, he would have podium no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, he did a hell of a job and I'm really happy for him. Um, question number three they get, they get a little sad. They get a little sad. Uh, question number three where was I? Um, was does Vettel finish in the top 10? Sadly, uh, he did not. He did finish ahead of both it both Hazes. So he didn't finish the race, but he still came in 15th. That's right. He finished, uh, they, they pulled him in because of, I think it was gearbox issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a mechanical issue. It wasn't, it yeah, wasn't yeah. Seb's fault, but... Yeah, and the second, like the last lap, I think they just pulled mm-hmm. him in. Yeah. Um. So he didn't finish the race. Didn't finish top ten. And uh, and question four: Does Alonso? And he did. He, he finished did. in tenth place. Uh, got a point. If you had asked me while I wasn't looking at the standings, I would have been surprised that Alpine finished both cars in the points. Yeah. Like if I wasn't look if I didn't have that like on my screen right now and you asked me, I'd be like, uh no, I think I think one of them did, but not the other one. But right. no, the, uh, Alpine took ninth and tenth. So yeah. Ocon was ninth, Alonzo was tenth. So it's good and, to see uh, them, you know, in the points at least. Yeah, I guess we're gonna we're gonna talk about Alpine, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um pretty soon here. And my uh last question for you which is the question I know that you will be the happiest for me to ask is does Max Verstappen beat Lewis Hamilton? Yes, he fucking does. Answer is a resounding yes. Handily. Yeah, he'll beat the shit out of him. Like he beat him up good. 
you know, and, you know, and I think that's where we, we should probably start. So like, uh, he did not have the poll, Max Verstappen, right. um, you know, going into the race at the start, Lewis was on the poll, uh, Perez was in second, Verstappen was in third. It's exactly what I want to see from every race for the rest of the season is in the top three. There are two Red Bulls and one Mercedes. Hell yeah. Um, and, you know, and then Leclerc, I feel like, you know, qualifying in fourth was a big surprise. Huge surprise. Huge surprise. But like, again, exciting to see, even though I think uh, Ferrari isn't quite, I know we'll get there. They're not quite what they once were. Man, it's nice to see them so much better than they were last week well yeah i mean just right and even just think about amola last year and how it was literally the most embarrassing race in the entire century of ferrari right like or their 100 grand prix like the most embarrassing thing like they took each other out in their like home race the like total embarrassment and i don't think ferrari has anything to be embarrassed about um this weekend so it was very exciting to see Max come from uh, third from behind Hamilton uh, on the starting grid, charge immediately into first by what was like the first chicane. Uh, I mean, even before that, I think going into going into like turn four. Yeah, he had him. Um, and Max and Max never let up. And I think, you know, this it's so I already feel so different about this year, like putting all the COVID stuff aside, just the, on the track the like seeing an actual competition for first place oh yeah because you know i i think to be fair like whoever was going to lead that first lap probably had like an 80 to 90 percent chance of winning the race in part because like one like um is a hard pass it's a hard track to pass on it's pretty narrow there's only one drs area and then uh two with the wet to dry like it, it was really cool seeing just the track start to dry on the racing line. Like you could see how much the cars going over it actually had an effect because you could see like the dry part of the track and the wet part of the track. So yeah. like you can't pass on the wet when you're on slicks right? because you know, you're going to cause an accident as we'll talk about. But um, so, but just but it was also that... interesting to watch them use those wet spots to like cool their tires down. Mm-hmm to make them last a little bit longer because yep. like the question became on intermediates as the track was drying up, when do we go in? And you heard Max talking about it. You heard Lewis talking about it. Everybody was talking about like, who, you know, who pulls the trigger first. And uh, I think in, in very veteran fashion, it was Sebastian Vettel who mm-hmm. finally pulled in and put on slicks. And then what was so cool about him was like knowing that everyone, every other team can hear what he's saying. After like two or three laps, he was like, okay, now would be the time to get slicks. Yep. And the second he says that, everybody starts diving in. They're like, oh, okay, Seb said we should put slicks on. Like, we can put slicks on. And then for a hot minute in there, he had the fastest lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, was, it was cool to see, you know, a multiple, multi-time world champion just dive in and be like, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the first bite. I'm going to see how it goes. You know, um, it's cool to see Seb taking chances. Uh, Cause yeah. I feel like, you know, he was so frustrated by his car last year that he was like, I'm just trying to finish this race. It was like every, every time he was out there, he was like, I just got to get through it. Um, yeah. 
you yeah. know, but but seeing this rivalry between Max and Lewis is just like it's so thrilling. Like looking at the like we'll go through the driver standings, but look looking just seeing that there's a point that separates them. Like yeah. it's just that's a good feeling. Yeah. It's uh and that point is only because of that fastest lap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because Lewis stole fastest lap. I shouldn't say stole, got and earned. Because not for nothing, as much as uh it's easy to not like Lewis Hamilton as a driver, because I would never say I don't like him as a person. I think he's a good dude. Um, it's easy as it is to not like him as a driver. Uh, the fact that he came back in the way he did, which he really got lucky with that red flag. Oh, yeah. Um, because if it wasn't for that, he'd have been a lap down and his odds of being on the podium were nil. Uh, but um, the fact that he managed to go from ninth up to second and charge through like that, I mean, that just goes to show who Lewis Hamilton is. But even still, he wasn't catching Max that day. Nobody was. No. And like looking at his fastest lap time, it's almost a second faster. Um, And the, like the average speed is he had 200, he was going like, I guess that's kilometers per hour, 230 kilometers per hour average Mm -hmm. speed. And Max's fastest lap was 227. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, And that's the same lap, by the way. Yeah. Um, it was like lap 60. So it's like three, three or four shy of the, the last lap of the race. But right. Um, I mean, he was also, they also probably put him on the, you know, with Max, they didn't have to worry about burning out his engine. So he mm-hmm. was just cruising and they, I'm sure, put uh, Lewis on whatever setting is just second to their party mode. Right. <laughs> and he was, they were just like, yeah, go as fast as you possibly can. And he did, and it worked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. As as impressive as his charge was, uh, I can't even begin to take anything away from uh, from Max winning by such a large margin and just commanding. Because I mean, like the only slip Max had the entire time was when he was warming his tires and almost lost it for a yeah. second. And was I was like, like, "Whoa, shit!" You know? <laughs> yeah. And still, um, still got in there, you know. But everybody else, I mean, even Lewis, going off track and, mm-hmm. and losing his front wing and making dumb mistakes. And I mean, everybody had some mistakes that day, and the only ones that didn't were the ones that finished top five, or you know, top six plus Lewis Hamilton. So, right. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I think. You know, it, you're right. It shows you how good of a driver he is. But it was so nice to see Red Bull in control of the race because even the other times, yeah. like even the times that Max won last season, it still felt like a fluke. Like oh, like they like uh, Mercedes messed up, and mm-hmm. so like Red Bull was yeah. able to get in there. But like this was the first time I feel like that Red Bull and Max were like in control of the race, setting the pace the whole time. It wasn't a like you know, Max is chasing Lewis to the end and passes him with like three laps left or something like that. This was like the, they were controlling the ball the whole game. It, yeah. It, it was just game. cool to see. And it, it just felt different. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. Yeah. Um, and it felt good. It yeah. felt good. Felt like really watching a good uh, competition. So with that, 
uh, I have to ask you because Mercedes is not just Lewis Hamilton and Red Bull is not just Max Verstappen. Mm -hmm. So let's start with Red Bull. What happened to Checo? Well, Checo made a really dumb mistake. Um, So he got a, and to me, like, I would love to know what exactly happened. So they're under a safety car, um, you know, yellow flag situation. He goes off the track. He loses like two positions. He gets back on the track pretty quickly. And then he just charges past those two people, which that's not, I mean, that's not how it works. <laughs> so like, you know, you don't, you can't gain positions, I guess, under a yellow flag, but you can lose them is, is kind of how it works. And I don't know. Right whether the people like the his you know the red bull team didn't properly communicate to him because i feel like it, even if he had done that and then he had been like oh fuck i messed up and like let those two cars go back by i don't think he would have been penalized that's correct he would not have been if he if he gave them those positions back before the start of the race which he knew and mm-hmm. they told him yeah it would have been fine but he did not give those positions back even though he had ample time to yeah, so I don't know what was going on in his head. I mean, if he hadn't had that penalty, he probably would have, you know, he certainly would have finished in the points as a stands. He came in 11th. Um, he probably would have finished right around Gasly uh, in like seventh, some, you know, somewhere between sixth and eighth, I think, mm-hmm. um, based on the like, because he had to drive in, st- stay in the pit for 10 seconds, then whatever they were going to do for his pit stop and then go. And this, you know, Amola has a very long pit road. So you're looking at like 20 some, 23 to 24 seconds, just I driving think it was, the pit I think lane. It was 24. Yeah. yeah, 24 just driving the pit lane plus the 10 second penalty plus like, you know, a two second Red Bull pit stop. You're looking at yeah, like yeah. almost a minute of time. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, realistically, like he came in 11th with that 10 second penalty. It's, you know, a little bit further up. But with, like I said, I feel like he would have finished you know, somewhere like probably right behind Andy Ricardo in sixth. Um, you but know. all things considered, he qualified second, mm-hmm. and he was what a hundredth of a second behind Lewis Hamilton. He was. Let's see. Yeah, Lewis was one fourteen point eight, and Perez was one fourteen point seven. Yeah, almost exactly a hundredth of a second. Yeah, because so. that's something that I thought was cool. The top eight were within four it were within 0.47 seconds of each other Mm -hmm. from one to eight was 0.47 seconds that's incredible it's for qualifying ridiculous that's incredible like that that says so much but yeah like i don't i don't know what happened to perez maybe he's still just you know and and i i hate that uh um uh what's his name christian horner is starting to sound a little bit like a broken record in people being new in the second red bull seat and him saying oh they're still getting used to the car and like like, it's still a long season and it's like yeah but you said that about Gasly, and you kicked him out and you said that about albon and you kicked him out now checo's in there and he qualified second and that's incredible and then i mean even saying like oh well maybe he would have finished sixth it's like, yeah, but like he qualified second. How come he couldn't have been in there for third or like what, what happened mm-hmm. to him over the course of the race other than, other than that penalty, which is a, you know, a heavy penalty. Um, I, I just want to see 
because all things considered, Checo is definitely a more experienced driver than Gasly or Albon. Mm-hmm. By far, Albon. Um, but Danny Ricardo was no slouch in that seat either, and it didn't work out. Right. I mean, I I don't want to lift them all together because Ricardo left, uh, you know, Gasly and Albon didn't choose to leave. I would be very surprised if Checo doesn't finish the season in that seat. I will be very surprised. I'm not because... saying that he gets kicked out of the seat. Right. I'm suggesting... Will he be able to fill the seat in the way that they want him to? I mean, I think if he keeps qualifying with that that close to Max's time, I think he will. Because, you know, I think that's where it's all about creating those opportunities. And I think the thing that yeah. was frustrating for Red Bull in part about Albon and Gasly is that they weren't qualifying up with Max. So, like, yeah, sure, Albon would finish well, but he would have to like come from like 12th or 14th every time and work his way up. And that, that just takes time. And it, you know, in terms of like those strategies, trying to, to you know, do overcuts and undercuts with the pits and you ch- trying to, you know, out, outbox these two Mercedes cars, having him start towards the front, like much closer to max, is just going to give them more options. So like, For I sure. think, I think, you know, obviously they'd always want him to finish in the points, but I think they'll take a, you know, starting in second over a finished in eighth. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I think for what they need right now, but so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he settles in soon. Um, you know, it was cool to see, um, you know, science and Ricardo in their new rides mm-hmm. uh, finish fifth and sixth. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, for Portugal, Perez is out there. I would. I want him to get a podium in the next race or two. I I think if he doesn't get a next a podium in the next couple, because that's what I was going to say is I think that he's been having some tough luck. Uh, he's getting used to the car. It's a much faster car than he's used to driving, mm-hmm. um, and it's a much more strict team than I think he's used to being involved with. Uh, and I believe that he will rise to the occasion. And I really think that in the next couple of races, you'll see him podium. And I think that uh, on more than one occasion this season, you'll see him podium above Max. Um, I don't think often, but I think at least once or twice, you might see a Checo 2, Max 3, or a Checo 1, Max 2, Max 3. I, I will. I would love that. That, that would uh, because that would I hold. I hold true that I think. I think Red Bull is going to be the championship team this year, and that's that's the only way they're going to do it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so on that note, speaking of championship teams, and we were talking about teammates, the other half of Mercedes. Where yeah. was Valtteri Bottas this weekend? So I think I think what people might not remember is that. Bottas was largely absent from this race before he had the incident with George Russell. He qualified eighth, which is just abysmal and and shocking. Like I I was shocked watching qualifying because I expect Bottas to get more poles than Hamilton. He's just a better, he's better. He's typically very good at qualifying. So Mm -hmm. I was never clear on if it's a Bottas thing I know Mercedes keeps trying to play up how like Red Bull has a better car, which I just kind of think is bullshit on their part in order to like try to be like the underdog so that they can, 
you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're like trying to put pressure on Red Bull. Like, I feel like it's all like Toto Wolf messing with Christian Horner being like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you guys have the better car. Like you should be winning races. Like we're just over here, our small German team. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know our tiny little German team. Like, we're, we're, know- we're, we're the Rocky in this, in, yeah. in the, in the situation, which again, it's just total BS. Like, uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what the hell happened to Bottas even before the incident with George Russell. Now I've he- watched that clip. I have before to we get you. to George all Russell, right, before right. we get to George Russell, uh, I, I I just want to focus on Bottas before that accident, and the fact that because you know people have rough qualifying sometimes. You know mm-hmm. we saw it with Lando, Lando, who really should have qualified third, um, mm-hmm. had his time erased, and uh, and was put down to seventh, started seventh. Sometimes it sucks, you know, or like we were just talking about Albon. Albon would just be terrible at qualifying, but would still manage to fight his way into the top 10. Lando, who we'll talk about later, uh, obviously finished uh, third, but started in seventh. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, qualifying sucks sometimes, but people can kind of push forward. Or in the case of Checo, some bad things happen and you fall backwards. Bottas didn't move. He was yeah, just... That's he, true. He, or ninth the whole race he didn't drop down it was it was very much Bontas looked like he was driving the 2020 Ferrari where it was like oh they're going to qualify in ninth and 11th and they're going to finish in ninth and 11th and that's right where the Ferrari is this year mm-hmm. they he just didn't move he couldn't pass Gasly he couldn't pass the McLarens the only time he passed Gasly finally was when Gasly was going backwards because he had on wets. Yeah, yeah. It's- he couldn't. He couldn't pass the McLarens. He couldn't even begin to compete with the Ferraris. He just just was static and just cruising his way around the track. I, I don't know what I, I don't know what his deal is. I'm like I, I didn't know what happened. It was and that's because I remember texting you. It was like ten or fifteen or twenty laps in. I was like, I forgot he was racing this weekend. Right. It- and it was different from, you know, it, it was different from like Seb last year where Seb, like, we knew that he was struggling with the car. Like they would play clips of him on the radio being like, this thing has no downforce or like, you know, the back end sucks or yeah. I want to junk this whole car and start from scratch. And like with Bottas, like we didn't even hear anything from like, like you said, he wasn't passing people. He wasn't making moves. He was just having, yeah. he was having a nice quiet Sunday out there on the racetrack. Yeah. And it's like, bro, you're in a Mercedes. Yeah. Any anyone, doing? including George Russell, would be, you know, just driving, driving their ass off, trying to make up those spots and yeah. be a factor in the end of the race. And I know that we're about to get into this discussion right now of the the Russell Bottas accident. But keep in mind that accident happened because a Williams was about to pass a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent point. I didn't know I was ever going to say that sentence out loud. The only reason that accident happened was because a Williams was about to pass a Mercedes. So then, so does then that make this accident Bottas's fault simply because he shouldn't have even been there in the first place? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Holy shit. I didn't even think of that. Good golly. 
Uh, that's a great point because I, I today I rewatched that clip, um, the F1 page like put together a nice a nice replay package that yeah. had uh, the you know censored radio from both of them. Uh, had the clip in there a couple of times. Had their post race interview, and I still can't determine who exactly was at fault. It's, I mean, they both made bad moves at the same time and collided into each other. Is ultimately how I feel. Yeah, I think it was just. I mean, it can be picked apart. I think that anybody can kind of say it was one of their faults or the other. But I think at the very end of it, uh, it became Russell's fault because of how he reacted. Okay. I All think right. I think the fault falls on him more because he got out of the car, went over and yelled at Bottas and was like, "What are you doing?" and immediately pointed blame. I understand that emotions run high. Mm-hmm. He did submit a very formal apology, which was which was really good and kind. And that came, um, you know, after we all know that Toto Wolf called him up and was like, "Dude, like, you hey, cannot like like that's not get your happen. shit together. Like yeah, you no, you want to drive for me, do get your, your shit together." Impression. Do, it. do your Toto impression. Come, come on, work with me here. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to give yeah. you a ride. <laughs> you can't be in your little shit. <laughs> it's uh, so good. It helps that I just watched like Last Action Hero the other night, so my, my Arnold is fresh too. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Toto is Arnold. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that made it his fault. But at the end of the day, it's a tight track. It's mm-hmm. a really hard place to pass. The grass was super wet. Right. And the track, the you know, the part of the track that he was on before Russell's wheel touched the grass was wet. So like, yeah, it's Russell probably shouldn't have shouldn't have made that move there. I totally understand why he would, given his like experience level. And again, but I kind of do come back to if a Williams is passing a Mercedes right now, it's kind of the Mercedes fault for even being in the position where he could pass him. I'm telling you. How like, was like Bottas might have not finished in the points? Yeah, like and if anything, here's here's I'm going like real deep on this. I love it. Uh, Bottas should be thanking Russell from yeah. saving him from more embarrassment because yeah. I think at least now it's a DNF. Now it's a DNF. Now it's like oh, a younger driver fucked up and took me out. It wasn't my like right. You know, it defers all that blame. Where if like you have a Mercedes that finishes, let's say, I don't know, tenth, eleventh, that's and a Williams finish, right? And a Williams finishing ninth, like, come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, what at the time? I don't, I don't remember, but at the time, like, weren't a couple of the Alpines was was Ocon in front of Bottas at this point? Because uh, it would have been Max was up there, mm-hmm. Lewis was up there, or no, Lewis just got taken out. Right. So Lewis was a lap down. So it was Max, it was Lando, it was Charles, it was um, Science, Ricardo, Science, Ricardo, uh, Checo was pretty far back. Lance was already, uh, no, who? Wait, who? Lance Stroll, he he was. Up oh, there. Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll was up there. Yeah, uh, I forgot Lance Stroll was racing. Um, but again, like you know, that's a compliment to Lance Stroll, where it's an insult to Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? Like Lance Stroll has a good race. You don't hear about him, and he finishes eighth, and you're like, oh yeah, good good job, buddy. Good job, Lance. Yeah. yeah. Nice to see that Aston Martin's getting in the top ten. Yeah, Valtteri finishes eighth, and you're like. 
dude get your shit together yeah what are you doing what are you doing because like at that yeah like so at the time of that accident i mean there was there was not people that should have been ahead of a mercedes ahead of a mercedes and a williams was about to pass him yeah because russell was in the points at that point so he was at least in 10th yeah he was about to pass him for ninth. yeah so like that again i i submit ultimately it's Bottas's fault um russell did not handle it well after i hope he takes it as a learning experience just because he seems like a good guy and yeah you know i i i think his i think his future in f1 is very bright and i think if oh yeah i think if Bottas keeps like if he keeps finishing outside of the top five i don't know that he keeps his seat for the whole season wow wow because then like what's the point wow dude if he doesn't finish in the top five for the first 10 races and they immediately drop him to a williams and put george into that seat i will i will start throwing things and shouting in a language i don't know (laughs) because i just don't i i don't know how that would compute in my brain i mean but like i can almost see it happening like not for nothing if red bull has two drivers that are finishing in the top five every race mm-hmm. and definitely one of them in the top three every race and mercedes doesn't mercedes ain't gonna be in the lead for long no no plus you know how much like george russell and mercedes merchandise they'll sell that first weekend will be a oh lot god. oh my god they would just vomit out. It's like money. people love him. Yeah. Online. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they you have love- two British drivers mm-hmm. driving for Mercedes. Everybody would lose their minds. Yeah. Dude, if Mercedes falls, if in the constructors, they fall into third place behind McLaren, I would throw up. They'll have to re-Brexit. Because they'll be like, oh, we're dominant. Like, suddenly England is, like, you know, rising from the ashes in F1. Yeah. Like, they'll be like, we got to do this again. We got to yeah. figure something out. Um, <laughs> Screw you, Germany. So does that lead us to talking about, uh, what else did you have on your list? Uh, the midfield? Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about, actually, yeah, I want to talk about McLaren real quick. Because I want to talk about, like, Lando finishing fourth, Ricardo finishing sixth. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I think, I think all things considered, I still think Ricardo was a better driver than Lando. I do I think Lando was very quick. Um, you know, I do think that he seems to be lucky. He just seems to be lucky. Like, and Ricardo seems to be slightly less lucky. Uh, I saw him after the race, his post race interview. He was talking about like. Yeah, I know it sounds like a lame excuse, and I'm hoping that, like, you know, by the by the end of May, I'm looking back on this and being like, oh yeah, I was just getting used to the car; everything worked out. Yeah. So I think, you know, his positive as- attitude, like we saw last year uh, at Renault, you know, in Drive to Survive, where he was like b- pulling that team back together after breaking up with them. Um, you know, I'm curious because if they're finishing you know, third and sixth or fourth and fifth, like if they're finishing in the top five every race, like they're suddenly not quite a midfield team anymore. Yeah, exactly. I was actually gonna, gonna make that point. Um, and I know that it's very early in the season, but man, you look at the, the 
constructors championship right now. And it's four teams that are scoring all of the points mm-hmm. and six teams that simply are not. Yeah. And so the best of the rest isn't like, I feel like the midfield now is as of right now is McLaren and Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is Alpine Williams, Aston Martin, Although it's uh, yeah, Alpha Tower, it's the other six teams. Yeah. And they're just not coming close. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that, you know, you have, you know, McLaren or Ferrari is, you know, 25 points back from uh, Mercedes, roughly. Like that's, that's a pretty tight spread right now. Yeah. I mean, again, it's only the second race, but like when you look at the, the spread overall of, of, um, where they are, I mean, Mercedes at 60, Red Bull at 53. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one more DNF for Bottas and a good finish for Checo and Max. And all of a sudden, next week or the next race, you're looking at Red Bull being in first place. And then beyond that, you know, like you said, if McLaren and Ferrari keep finishing in the three through six spots right and if they keep getting double at the very minimum if they're getting double points like yes. both of their drivers getting points every race it's going to be it's going to be a sprint all season between these two teams right right you know and i think the fact that you know again like leclerc looks really good like he seems like the kind of guy who's sort of out driving his car again but the yeah. car seems better carlos Sainz seems like he's you know, of all the drivers that change teams over the season, he seems to be doing the best and most consistent. Yeah, like he to go from eleventh to eleventh to fifth mm-hmm. is no joke. That's no joke. And it would have been fourth had it not been for Hamilton cruising up. Right. But, right. But seeing Ferrari four five and McLaren three six, like that's that's pretty wild. Man, like can that's you, impressive. Can you imagine if Hamilton had like missed the points? Like if, oh, if that I mean, red flag had not happened, like, yeah. I mean, he still would have, I think he was in ninth when okay. that happened, but because okay. like everybody else had been left, but even still, if he'd gotten two points, yeah, like that's an immediate two points instead of 19. Oh, it's an immediate and shocking game changer. Two mm-hmm. points instead of 19 would have put, um, would that have put, I mean, Max would, be, Max would be leading the championship right now. And minus 19, it would be Lando would be in second. Yeah. And That's then, fucking crazy. And then Lewis would be in third. Well, I'm not doing all the math, but then right. Charles might be up in third because he would have gotten more points. But anyway. Right, right, right. At the end of the day, yeah. Like, like they're on thin ice right now, you know? Yeah. And, you know, part of me, again, I always want to be skeptical because I still think that Mercedes probably like they probably have the best car in on the straights. And I think Red Bull's better in the corners is how I feel like it's shaking out. Yeah. Um, So on different tracks, different teams are going to have different advantages and it's early in the season. But it's like maybe Mercedes put too much into 2022. You know what I mean? Like in terms Mm -hmm. of like car development and where they're putting their resources because they were like oh we we can probably just coast this season lewis will win another championship 
yeah. everything will be fine. Yeah. And it's like, maybe not. Yeah, you know? I don't think I, so, man. Red Bull's out for blood. And like, good for them because it's it's just making for exciting racing. Like this, these two races uh, so far this season have just been extremely watchable, oh, uh, God, yeah. extremely fun. Lots of different action happening. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm again, I'm really impressed by Ferrari. Um, I'm really impressed. I still think that like Gasly and uh, Yuki's Nana yeah. are going to explode in the, as the season goes on. I think you're right. I think the second half of the season is going to be a charge from Alpha Tauri up to fighting with McLaren and Ferrari. Because I think Gasly is just such an extraordinary driver. Mm-hmm. He's got a really good head on his shoulders. Um, and Yuki is going to be a champion. Like, he's so new in that car. And he's so young. Like, he was oh, a yeah. rookie He was a rookie last year in F2. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, like, he's very much, like, uh, the new Max Verstappen and, like, how young he is and how, how new, new all The new Lando. Team. And man, and he's flying. Yeah. He's flying in that car. And he he looks good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just watching his racing line, just following him through the course of the race. Like he's all every lap he's building experience and he's yeah. just learning how to be an F1 driver. Cause he, yeah. I think he's already a great racing driver, but now he's learning, you know, how to be out there, how to pass in these cars, how to drive these cars, just getting more and more experience. And like, if that team stays together for next year and AlphaTauri does well with the new regulations, like, I don't know, to me, this is the team to watch, especially what, you know, because it feels to me like Aston Martin and Alpine are struggling. They feel like disappointments. Yeah. In a big way. And it's, and it's all early. It's all early, but like at the same time, they have, they have a long way to go though. Right. All the teams get better. It's not like, And that's the thing that exactly they're all getting better, but you see where like Ferrari was last year and how much better they are this year. Mm -hmm. And you see where McLaren was last year and how much better they are this year. And Alpha Tauri like did a great job getting better Mm -hmm. last year. And I think that that's going to, they're going to be the one that really improves this year. But man, like on that metric, Aston Martin and Alpine have a lot of improvement to do. Like yeah. they have. It feels like they've gone backwards. Whereas yeah. AlphaTauri and McLaren just like from where they were at the end of last season, they just kept moving forward. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it feels like those two other two teams had more of a reset. Yeah. Yeah. And and Ferrari, I mean, you uh you'd mentioned Leclerc a little earlier. I think the thing that and I and I don't want to jinx him, um, because I, I love Sainz as his teammate. Um, I think Sainz had an amazing race. Mm-hmm. He's had some issues qualifying, uh, which I don't think have been fully his fault. Um, but did a, did a really great job uh, showing up and having a hell of a race uh, and to finish in fifth. Uh, but Leclerc, the nice thing is, it seems like how you're talking about with Yuki, because I think Yuki is still very young and very hot-headed and very Mm -hmm. frustrated and you know wants everything to happen right now we saw the same thing happen with lando lando i think is a little bit more chill um 
I mean, personality-wise, Lando and Ricardo seem probably like the two most chill. They belong together, yeah. It's like, man, I would love to hang out with those dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're they're on the list of dudes to have a beer with once Lando's old enough. Um, <laughs> He's old enough in Europe, probably. Yeah, in Europe, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but seeing Leclerc and his maturity, mm-hmm. I think, has been great. You know, like, when... Because let me tell you, I mean, when when Hamilton was charging up, seeing some of the racing he was doing with Leclerc and then with Lando, um, it was they, you know, Leclerc and Lando both knew they were going to get passed. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't you don't go up against Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes and not think you're going to get passed. Uh, but they raced him still, and they mm-hmm. raced him clean, and it went really well. And for Leclerc to be out driving this car again, but like you said, the car being a little bit better, but him still going into like even the the first set of turns uh, this past weekend, like first lap, I always kind of like, you know, my whole body tenses up, especially with Leclerc because in years past, he gets too excited and he dives into things Mm -hmm. and he was calm. He just sat back and it seems like he's starting to realize like it's a long race. We've got a long way to go. No sense in doing anything stupid. Right. There's no need to charge ahead if I'm if you're not in like one of those top three spots. Because I feel yeah. like even when you're starting behind the second person, like you're at the mercy because you know, you know, the person who's on pole is going to take mm-hmm. off. So if you're in third, like you can just charge right behind them like Max did, pass right. whoever is on second. You know, it's it's like um how Bottas was saying, like on some tracks, it's definitely but be- it's like better actually to qualify third than second because you are like you're getting that slipstream you're able to pull away from uh you know the people on the other side of the grid a little bit faster so you know i think i think leclerc recognizing that and again like getting the benefit of the the experience i think him being the clear a driver probably makes him feel more secure you know where he's not feeling like he has to like compete with seb while trying to learn from seb and like Again, like those two seem like they have a, a better personal relationship, but the atmosphere in the garage, I imagine, is just like so much better because it's much less frustration with the car. It's much less awkwardness with everybody. Like, I just think that like they're in a spot where whatever changes they made, you know, to the car, to personnel, like Ferrari just seems like they are a brand new team. Like, I don't recognize them from last season. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I hundred percent agree, and I and I love it. I'm happy to see it. Happy to see it happening. Um, I am. Yeah, I'm just I'm just beyond thrilled with uh, the midfield, <clears throat> the midfield, and especially uh, what McLaren and Ferrari are doing. I can't wait to like as much as everyone's talking about the uh, Lewis Max rivalry this year and their competition. Uh, I am just as excited to watch uh, the McLaren Ferrari battle this year because I think it's going to be a really good one. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Like that's like, yeah, it's going to be all season. Like I think eventually yeah. either Red Bull or Mercedes is going to pull away enough where like, you know, the champion, it's one of those where like, oh, mathematically the championship is still in play, but we kind of know the way the season's going in terms of like yeah. momentum and all that stuff. I, I think McLaren Ferrari could go down to the last race of the season in terms of like yeah. who ultimately gets that number three spot in the constructors. And mm-hmm. frankly, I'm here for it. 
I really just I like watching these McLaren cars. I've been a yeah. fan of them all last season, and they look even better. Um, you know, I'm 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 very happy with with this race result. Like I said, as a as a Red Bull McLaren AlphaTauri fan, uh, I feel really good about the season so far. Yeah, yeah, it looks <laughs> good, man. I uh, I I wonder, mathematically speaking, uh, um, if I mean, this is crazy talk, but if Perez can't get a hold of that Red Bull and performs like Albon did, Mm -hmm. if Bottas keeps performing like he did at Amola, Mm -hmm. then would the points that Lewis and Max scored for their respective constructors be enough to hold them back from being from a McLaren charge if they were constantly getting third through fifth. So the question that I have that I don't can't do math well enough in my head to answer is Mm -hmm. I because I feel like you have to have a scenario where it's almost like Max and Lewis split win it wins evenly for the rest of the season. Right. Because you know the difference between first and second is six is uh five points. points. Five points. 25, 19. Yeah. But though that's the one extra point from the Festus lap, right? Um oh you're right. It's 24 points. You're right. I'm sorry. My mistake. No, no, it's it's 25, 18. It's five points. That's it. Yeah. Wait. Right. Yeah. Well, 25, 18 is seven. Seven. Right. Yeah. It's seven points difference between. Oh, my God. Cut that part out. <laughs> seven um, points. Yeah. So. From first to second. Yes. Right. If you have one of them winning like a vast major- a majority of the races, that's still going to put that team at the top of the Constructors' Cup. Right. If because then split... the other, then McLaren would have to get third, fourth. Right. Every race because third, fourth equals 27. Right. Exactly. So they would have to get third and fourth every mm-hmm. single race if Max won every race. Right. But to your point, if Lewis and Max are splitting them and McLaren gets third, fourth every race or third, fifth even every race then I think mathematically McLaren runs away with the constructors championship. I'm trying to look up the last time <laughs> there was so a world champion that their team didn't win the constructors championship. Oh, I know that that exists and happened more recently than you think. Uh, so it happened in 2008. Yeah. See uh, when Lewis Hamilton beat Massa by a point for the driver's title. Uh, so Hamilton was driving for McLaren and Ferrari, who was Massa and Kimi, uh, got the Constructors' Cup. So there was a mm-hmm. one-point difference on the driver's side. Hamilton ekes it out. Uh, and then it also happened in 1999 when Mika Hakkinen of McLaren won the individual title, but Ferrari again with uh, mostly Michael Schumacher and Eddie Irvine won the constructors. Right. And right. then it also happened in 94 
when Schumacher won his first title for Benetton, uh, but Williams got the constructors. So it's it's happened a decent amount of time. It seems like it happens like once or twice, a, once a decade. It yeah, seems like. like once a decade. And maybe we're due. Dude, it would be, that's, that's I mean, that's insane. But I, I do think the most, I do think the most likely scenario is that if there's a split, it's Max winning the drivers and Mercedes winning the constructors. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that or vice versa. I could see. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely, I think I, I more so see Lewis winning the title and Red Bull winning the constructors more than I see Max winning. Cause I mean, it, it depends sucks. if Bottas drives like he did this weekend, then obviously, but if he yeah. drives like he did, does mo- did most of last year, then, you know, maybe not. Who knows, man? And knows? that's why the sport is great. <laughs> that's why it's so good. Because we can, week sit, two. we can just sit here at week two and being like, well, I mean, a lot's going to happen. So, there's so many possibilities. A lot's going to happen. Uh, Where, uh, what, what other, did you have any? Um... Those were all, all my, the big things I wanted to talk about coming out of this race. Um, you know, we're recording this before the power rankings that we enjoy so much. Um, are released i think the i think this week they will largely fall where um you know where the where the drivers finished mm-hmm. i think there's a there's a chance that you know they uh, matt max and lewis tie at the top of the power rankings um well no no lewis shouldn't because he made him he got himself into that mess so like it depends on how they score. It depends on how those judges score. Hamilton messed up, but then he recovered really well. That's yeah. I mean, that's it's hard to it's hard to know where they are with that. I think power rankings max has to be a clear first, and I think if Lando isn't second, it's a crime. Um, and then I would put I would put Lewis third just because of that charge. Because if it wasn't, I mean, I, I say it again, if it wasn't for that red flag, Lewis wouldn't have even had that opportunity. That's true. That's true. And um, so. So one question I have for you is, uh, is it worth having a former champion on your team this year? This year? Mm-hmm. So if you are Aston well, Martin, if you uh-huh. are Alpine, however much money they had to pay, Sebastian or Alpha Vettel, Romeo, right? Or Alpha Romeo. Kimmy, sorry, still Kimmy, in there. sorry, Kimmy. Uh, like, like he's listening. Oh, he <laughs> like, is. Like Kimmy Räikkönen listens to to podcasts about motorsports. I feel uh, like he would listen to like, I don't know, some kind of like. Like you're making podcasts or something. Yeah, <laughs> it listens to like Woodcutters Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, so Kimmy aside, because I feel like Kimmy and Alpha Romeo clearly have a good relationship. That things yeah. are, you know, but for the the people who are on new teams this year, you know, Alonso finished in the points, but like him finishing behind Akon is like not a great look for him. It's not. I think that. You know, it's less. I think I would have a different answer 
if Ferrari didn't do so poorly last year. Um, and I think it's a long season, so I'm curious to see what happened. Like, you know, who knows? We might be talking three or four months from now and be like, wow, look at the improvement Alpine and Aston Martin made. Uh, very true. Very true. You know, um, you as know, of we- right now, like, it looks like they are trying to get. So here's where my here's where my thoughts are. It feels like the owners are trying to get insight and wisdom from veteran champion drivers mm-hmm. to make the cars better. But what we're seeing is the engineers that are actually building the cars and the young drivers seem to be more reckless is the wrong word but they seem to be more like willing to push it whereas the old old drivers seem to be like their wisdom seems to be like oh well this is how we used to do this or this isn't quite working or maybe if you do this and it seems like the young guys are the ones that are like somehow making their cars go balls to the wall and flying forward. Right. Cause they're, they have something to prove and they're like, I'm going to drive this car as hard as hard as I can. I mean, even aside from his uh, mechanical DNF, Seb would have finished well behind Lance Stroll and like, oh, yeah. you know, the prevailing wisdom of formula one fans is not like Lance Stroll is like a, a good driver, but like, you know, Sebastian yeah. Vettel should be a better driver than him. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's not like Seb is like notoriously bad in the wet or, you know, or, or anything. It's like, it, it's just, it's really interesting to me that, you know, if I was drafting Formula One drivers, I would draft like a Pierre Gasly ahead of either of them. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know, I know I would because, yeah, you know, Gasly looks he looks great in every race and if he hadn't had that issue with his tires there's a chance that he would have given lando a run for the podium uh i think you're right i think you're right um yeah gasly's tires is just so disappointing and And it's qualified fifth like you know and he would have been even if if lando hadn't you know gone over the track limits he would have he he still would have been up there so like yeah he uh that's disappointing that he was on wets instead of intermediates but that's you know we talked about that um i uh yeah i'm really excited to see what ghastly and yuki do this year because that'll kind of prove the point you know it's like mm-hmm. you can have a young guy who's kind of untested and a very veteran guy and throw a bunch of money at them. And as of right now, it looks like that's just not working out as well as having Gasly with all of what, two, three years of experience under him mm-hmm. and Yuki with none. And like, yeah, they're having their issues, but they are flying forward. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, on the same token, you have two complete rookies driving for Haas and Haas is worse than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it only goes so far. Um, 
because well, I think Nick Schumacher is nothing to shake a stick at. Like he's a damn good driver. He is. He is. But I still, but I, I guess what I'm saying is like, if he were Sebastian Vettel's teammate at Aston Martin, I do think that Vettel would probably finish ahead of him almost every time. Like, you I don't think? think that, I don't think Mick Schumacher is like, just, I don't think he's as good at Lance Stroll right now. Fair. Yeah. Okay, you know, sure. a, a season yeah. from now, who knows? Um, yeah. But you know, I think for right now, you know, especially if, if Schumacher keeps making, I don't want to call them dumb mistakes, but like, you know, he spun out rookie by mistakes. himself. Yeah, rookie mistakes. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it, it's hard to tell. I, you know, this was a really heartbreaking race for Williams um, because they already had Latifi out of the race. Yeah. And then uh, with Russell's incident, it just, I, I just, all I could see when that, when that once I knew that they were okay, of course. Yeah. It's like, man, Williams just like took a whole pile of cash and just set it on fire with these two cars. Yeah. It's uh it's really because they can't afford it, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, well, they do have those those big fancy new people owning it, but but they can't be happy about it. No, God no. No, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um I'm uh I'm really curious. That's a really good question. I'm I, that's sitting with me a lot. I'm going to stay awake tonight. Like I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. and be like, well, should Fernando be on? Like, like what would a team like be like if, if Aston Martin was Vettel and Alonso? It's like, what would happen then? And I just get confused. And so now that's, that's going like, to be my next week. Ocon finished. A, almost a full second ahead of Alonso. Wow. Yeah. I guess he did. They you were know? both a lap. Were they both a lap down? Uh no, I think the I think uh Giovinazzi was the was the full lap down. Because they still have on the results, they still have Kimmy at 94 seconds back. And then Giovinazzi oh, you're right. has, yeah, yeah, yeah. has plus one. You're right. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's uh, it. Doesn't look good. It doesn't look good right now. And um, I think having, but see, it's ah, yeah. I guess they're new teams. <laughs> oh, I hate this. I hate this question. <laughs> I'm gonna go home. But that's what that's that, that that's what makes it a a, a good question and one. It's a that, great question. One that we we don't know the answer for. A while, or the answer yeah. change. You know, I think it's gonna. Change. Yeah, we got to revisit that one once a month, and then we look at it at the end of the year and just see where they are. Because, I mean, if I the if neither of these teams improve, neither neither of the young drivers seem to go from, you know, getting eighths and ninths to getting fifths and sixth, and because that's one thing, you know, like even if Vettel and Alonso are eleven to fifteen. But you see Ocon and Lance start getting up in like the, you know, fourth to seventh positions, then it's like, okay, well, then their guidance is clearly doing something. Right. I I will also remind you that potentially, if not for uh, Russell and Bottas crashing into each other, Alpine would not have gotten any points this race and would still have no points this season. Which it's only two races, but still. Wow. Oof. We're gonna see what happens, man. 
<laughs> we got a long season ahead of us. We're going to see what happens. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Uh, I'm good for now. Any other news items that have happened? Uh, pumped I saw... about Miami. Yeah, go for it. I am pumped about the Miami racetrack. Uh, I can't wait to go to Miami and see it. And I can't wait to hang out on the beach. And you and me are going to get cocktails that have little little umbrellas in them. Hell yeah. And we're going to drink them. And we're going to hoot and holler and have a great time. And we're going to do lots of cocaine. Um, <laughs> not really. But I'm going to think be about full it. full Miami Vice mode. We're going to make a, Michael Man- a, a two and a half hour Michael Mann movie. Oh, yeah. We're going to steal an F1 car. And then we're going to put it on a boat and we're going to steal that boat. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're going to take all of it. Everybody's going to be like, who are those guys? And they'll be like, those are the FEF1 guys. They <laughs> and don't they take are, no shit. And they're fleeing to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to Cuba. <laughs> uh, how yeah. cool is it that Leclerc now has the first, the, car, the first car that he won in in his underground garage in Monaco? Yeah, that's badass, dude. Can, Can you, you imagine, imagine how much how how expensive a parking spot is in Monaco? Oh, so much money. So much money. <laughs> and he owns it. He owns he owns a million dollar F1 car just chilling. He can't drive it. No, he can't drive it. <laughs> he can't really turn it on. I hope that when we go to Monaco, we are friends with Charles Leclerc. So that we can go and be like, I'll be like, yo, just turn it on. Just turn it on. He'll be like, all right. <laughs> just let me sit in it, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, 100% sit in it. Yeah. I'll never get it. out, but. Yeah. I don't think I'll be, I don't think either of us will be able to get in or out. We'll be like, Jesus Christ. Like a sad little. I will have to cartoon. cut off like my legs below the knee. Yeah. There's no, there's no getting into that vehicle. <laughs> But uh, no, I'm pumped about Miami. I'm pumped about the rest of the season. And I can't wait to talk about uh, Portugal. Talk about the, uh, the pre-race predictions for Portugal next week. F yeah. F yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take us out? I sure do. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter or on Instagram at F yeah F one pod. Uh, or you can email us at fef one at gmail.com. Uh, we are uh, coming to you live from the Movie John Podcast Network. Check out all of their great podcasts that they have. Uh, butter with that. Um, you guys had a couple of really fun recent, um, I saw it on a movie episodes, where if you're listening to this and you have any questions that you need answered, you can shoot them an email uh, and I saw it in a movie and they will answer it based off of their movie knowledge. Um, and this last one was uh, exercise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last week was uh, yeah. a movie to help you get in to shape post pandemic. Uh, yeah. And then this week we had uh, somebody write in asking for movies about board games because they want to have a board game night. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's it. So that's exciting. So it's there's been that. Very fun. Um, I like to movie movies out there. Uh, the uh, um, Depp Impact. Depp uh, Impact. Yeah, man. They just did all of uh, the Depp episodes, all of the <laughs> episodes that Johnny Depp has shown up in in television. Uh, that's a fun one. Uh, yeah, man. There's a ton of great podcasts on the Movie John Network. So check them out. 
And in the meantime, reach out to us and tell us what's Absolutely. We'll be back here next week with the new uh, Portugal. Can't wait, buddy. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Hey, 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 hey.